Welcome back to another episode of Protein Ramblings. Uh, we're back with another wrestling special, joined, of course, by Naomi. Hello. And once again, joined by Natalie and James. Blue tag. Hey, yes, and we're back here this time to take a look at AEW's Revolution pay-per-view from uh, a week ago now. Um, waited a little while because of a timings of um, schedules and stuff, but also because of the ending of the pay-per-view. Wanted to kind of court see how they recovered from it in Dynamite before I did the full review. Um, so here we are. Um, before we get into the particulars, what what are your thoughts overall? Good, bad, middling? I personally, it was I, a good show. I thought it was a good, good show. I thought it was a good show. It's what I come to expect from AEW. It's the production quality was up there, and I enjoyed it um, quite a lot. There was a couple of surprises in there. Uh, there was a couple of great, just what you'd expect from their talent. Yeah, a couple of botches too, which is always <laughs> funny. Matthew will be happy. There, there was, there's one particular, there's a couple of botches actually that uh, I'll come on to in the, um, in the in the various matches and like, mm. I, my, one of my big takeaways from this the, this show and of just generally of AEW recently, I'm kind of over Cody. <laughs> Welcome to my yeah. wagon. <laughs> I think everybody kind of is, and I was saying this, wasn't I, Tiga, during the show? I remember Cody in Ring of Honor being like this almost on a pedestal kind of guy who you looked up to and he was like a cartoon character with that big grin and all the belts and, you know, flexing his muscles and his long old fucking legs, you know, where we got up on the ropes. And I adored him. Villain in like, you know, like the Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney games. He's like so cartoonish. Yeah. Yeah. So cartoonishly dumb that you can't actually believe that this is a real person, but he managed to pull it off so well. My issue with Cody is... It's not necessarily that he's kind of winning all these matches and burying talent and taking TV time away from from other people, but he's all, whatever he's doing, he's presented as the biggest thing on the show. Yeah, and yeah, it, it's yeah. it's annoyed me since the start of AEW, and the more I watch AEW, the more I'm like, oh, it's fucking Cody again. It's always fucking Cody. Yeah. Um, like, I was starting to think that, that I maybe like... I was just being unreasonable, but now other people agree with me, so it's fine. I think... Yeah. Yeah, his ego is really showing. Yeah, for me, and the tipping point was the gender reveal firework. I thing. was going to say the same. That <laughs> yeah. was that was that was the point where I was just thinking, like, okay, you have sucked your dick so hard. Yeah, now. I was <laughs> like, mate, like, by all means, put a Twitter announcement out or something, or even mention it on the show. Like, but to have this whole like, I hate gender reveal parties in general mm. for babies. Oh, yeah. But to, like it was just oh, look it's, at me wank up myself. Everything he does is very self indulgent, <laughs> yes. and I'll maybe talk about it a bit when yeah. we talk about the ladder match. As yeah, well. so, yeah. So getting into the show, um, the buy-in match was a tag match between Britt Baker, uh, DMD, and Maki Ito, who is my new favorite thing in all <laughs> of the world, um, <laughs> and uh, Riho and Thunder Rosa. Fun match. I think Maggie Ito, okay, she's not the best in the world in the ring. Like, you know, technically. She might have the worst punches I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, yeah. But character and like just yeah, as a gimmick. Absolutely. Fucking yeah. amazing. It's always going to be all about the character with someone like her. And that's yeah. fine. She's yeah. good at it. Um, we do come to it later on, though, um, as well in the women's match, um, where we were saying that we don't feel that the American talent knows how to deal with 
the non-American <laughs> talent very yeah. much. Um, yeah. And I think Britt Baker struggles with this a bit as well. <laughs> Although I will so, say, the thing that's impressed me about Britt Baker is that for some somehow she managed to get better while she was injured. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how she pulled that off, but she has got definitely improved since I she just, was injured. I keep saying it to you. It's I the think power the... of character work. <laughs> yeah. And it's, how it's character we really work. can get behind someone even... Even though I, I swear they made her a baby face to begin with, deliberately mm. the same way WWE did with the New Day, so that that when they turned heel, people could get like, "Oh right, we finally hate this person," and then and we're allowed. And then the more we're time allowed. Goes, yeah. Oh my god, this person is amazing. Yeah, I do. I think I do think it's character work because her character work definitely improved when she was allowed to be a heel. But I also think I keep saying it's Nero. Like the the women's division secret ingredient is clearly Dustin Rose and QT Marshall. Yeah. Because everyone who trains with them just seems to get so much better immediately. I mean, just look at what they yeah. did with Ty Conti. Like, she, compare Ty Conti in AEW to Tynara Conti in NXT. It's fucking night and day. Night and day. It yeah. really is. It's a shame Anna Jay's out with injury because she's fucking incredible for the amount of experience that she's got as well. And I think mm. now, like, I, I do think they still keep misstepping with elements of their women's division. Like, I think they should have made more effort to get more of the. Uh, tournament that led up to the championship match on this on fucking yeah. dynamite yeah. rather than on the youtube channel but mm -hmm. i do think they are still moving they, they sometimes it's two step forwards one step back but they're at least you, you can see that there is good intent there and they are really trying to build that women's division and hopefully with the additions of people like rio mizunami uh maki ito um and uh some of the other joshi talent like it's great to have Riho back like Riho's mm -hmm. definitely been missed um it, you're gonna be able to elevate that women's division a bit more because you're not you're gonna be able to work with some of these uh some of the more green talent that they've got that have potential like Abaddon and things like that um yeah. so yeah where has she been by the way I don't know, actually. Does she a lot of dark matches. Yeah. As in on the show dark. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, I am going to be watching uh, uh, Dark Evolution. Elevation. Elevation this Monday just for the, is it Maki Ito? It's Maki and Riho in the main event. Yeah. Actually, there's a lot of women's matches on it, so it's going to be interesting okay, to that see. Could be good. Yeah. yeah, so I think it's going to be worth yeah. checking out and just to see Big yeah. Show on commentary, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I am actually curious to see how that goes. Well, he's a good talker. He's always he's a very been a good talker. talker. Um, very funny guy. Yeah, if very. You've seen like his podcast with Stone Cold. It's he's he's naturally witty. Also, like I tell you, um, you know the like jackass style show that they had on the WWE Network. Oh, I'll swear. I'll swear. I actually did, really like that. Yeah, and he did some really good, like uh, really good um, skits in that as well. He's got a really good sense of humor about himself, and he's not. Um, you know he's aware about like all the you know like the turns and stuff like that, and he's 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 he yeah he's got a very good sense of humor about himself. So I think I think as a commentary guy, definitely I think he's gonna and and if they don't do a match with him and Marco Stunt, they're missing a trick because that's just <laughs> gonna be hilarious. <laughs> that would be brilliant. Um, but yeah, as an op as an opening for the you know the dark match, obviously. Uh, like Riho is fucking incredible. Um, she, for someone her size, she does like she really works that small, small woman size so well. Really fast paced. Funda Rosa is just she's a superstar. Fucking she fantastic, is amazing. They she's need to throw a blank check. 
throw a blank check at her when her NWA contract expires because they yeah. yeah it has it has it has expired it expired it expired a few months ago actually oh, okay. okay I wonder what's happening with that then because they they need they they need like they've, she, got, to hang on to they've got to keep her she, she's such she a, seems to enjoy AEW yeah um, yeah you know so. Because she enjoys getting paid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not the NWA but, title. I no, think that's like, the official right now is just Nick Aldis. Yeah, yeah, it's the Nick Aldis show. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a good uh, good dark match. Nice to get to the women out there. Like I say, Maki Ito, really one of my faves. Just Was it in that match where she was like thumping with a mic, thumping... Um, no, that was in uh, that Dynamite. Was, uh, that was on Dynamite match, match yeah. where she's hit with the mic... <laughs> Interesting thing about the Maki Ito. Did you see the closed captioning thing that the T- the TNT did? Yeah. <laughs> Which is like Maki Ito singing in the back, average, you know, mediocre at best. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Jesus Christ. Um, but then we come on to the uh, the the main show proper which uh, were opened up with the Young Bucks versus uh, MJF and Jericho for the inner circle. Uh, inner circle. Before we get into that. Yeah. My God, JR's voice. He sounded awful. He sounded like shit. But then it was magically okay again. Like he was fine for the rest of the show. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know know whether he was just like doing promo stuff like like hours before or God knows something, but he sounded fucking terrible. And like when it comes to JR's health issues, I always fear the worst. Yeah, Mm. definitely. I mean, hell, it could have just been like, you know, someone in between the matches brought in like some. Uh, hot toddy or like you know leather and stuff that's like all right that's it you know or just fucking plied him with a whiskey and he's like all right i'm fine now but um or just gave him a bottle of his own barbecue sauce (laughs) (laughs) i i didn't write much about this match i mean i love watching mjf work i love jericho i love the bucks it's a decent match nothing special i did put though that Jericho can't take bumps anymore and I think he knows it and he was playing to that in this match. I do think um, there was one, uh, the drop kick, the the springboard drop kick that he did off the ropes. uh, That was really good. Like I was just like, Hmm. no, go Jericho, you've still got a little bit in your bag. But I, now I know more about Jericho, the person and like, you know, his like anti-mask open up and like, you know, COVID views and political views, I find it harder to enjoy Jericho. <laughs> I don't I find, I'm in a weird place with it where like I still enjoy Jericho the wrestler, but that irritates me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why are yeah. you so good at this? <laughs> it's annoying. But it'll be the same when I watch Flip Gordon again as well. Mm. I could know I could I flat like yeah, flat like, there's a different flat thing. Gordon. Yeah. yeah there's, like, a, it, there's a massive difference between Jericho and Flip Gordon. Yeah. Jericho's just like older, a little bit right wing. Flip Gordon's gone fucking insane. And Jericho, <laughs> yeah. Jericho still donates to a lot of important good causes, yeah. you know? So I yeah. think yeah. He, I think it's one of those things where you have to separate the art from the artist. Yeah. Like, I still enjoy Jericho, the character on TV. Def- yeah. Definitely. I think he's an essential part of AEW. Like, I, d- I think he's, like, it's no, you, they wouldn't have succeeded quite as well as they did if they hadn't no, had him on board. No. Um, no, I think he's now made MJF in a way that, Cody didn't quite do. Yeah, I think he's made a lot of people as well. Like he made uh, Orange. He made like obviously coming into the Dynamite stuff. Like the the baby face turn for Sammy is going to be huge. Yeah, I will say books. Obviously, the books are amazing. They've always been amazing. But the thing that I I I really realized, obviously, between this episode, uh, this pay per view and Dynamite, 
is the Bucks are both your the best opening match wrestlers in the fucking world <laughs> and also some of the best main event wrestlers <laughs> in the fucking world. You, they yeah, work yeah. at both ends of the show so fucking well. Yeah. It was they you absolutely had. deserve their hype. You know, yeah. they absolutely deserve to have their egos because they work bloody hard yeah. and they are bloody brilliant. It's what you need for an opening they match. They are like... probably the best self-made story in wrestling mm. and without a doubt. Like a lot of there are a lot of young bucks naysayers because you know they can't figure out whether they're heels or faces. They just do the same spots every match, but those spots are still awesome. They, they get over the crowd reaction. Yeah, like what, what is wrestling apart from getting a crowd reaction and getting over right? And they do yeah. it every fucking time. But the same people who moan about the Young Bucks doing the same spots all the time absolutely love Brock Lesnar and his five fucking F fives <laughs> every single fucking match. So, this is true. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's a bit of uh, hypocr- hypocrisy going on here. Mm-hmm. Completely. <laughs> you may have noticed that the entire IWC is garbage, right? That's yeah, true. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're hopefully just projecting like a, a nice reasoned, measured voice of the into the IWC community right now. <laughs> um, oh, I'm fully aware that I'm a prick. So <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, same. I, like, I will rag on wwe till the end of time even when it's a good show i'm kind of like mm, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah i thought i thought the as an opening like uh, the proper opening tag match really good nice fast paced um mjf looked great the when uh when mjf and chris jericho took control fantastic heel work through and through like yeah. mjf's one of the best heels in the biz right now without oh, any not question the best yeah definitely he is just He's amazing. He makes me want to punch him in yeah, the face. Yeah, he's and, so punchable. But, but not, at the same time, I love him. Yeah, it's not like The Miz where you do just yeah. want to punch him and get him off yeah. your screen. Yeah. It's like, no, no, you are a detestable heel, but you're so damn good and compelling that yeah. I want to see you get beat up. I don't want you off my screen. I want you on my screen, but I just want to see you get the your comeuppance kind of thing. It's mm. the yeah. Day that, yeah. The the interesting that, point that I was... Um, Sorry for interrupting, but no, there's no. an interesting point that I heard on a podcast, another wrestling podcast recently, I forget which one, but it's like, how can people like the MJF and hate The Miz? And I think the difference is exposure. And also... Miz has been so overexposed, and he is... He, there is only a set number of people who he can work with and look good. John Cena and Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, that is pretty much it. <laughs> oh no, he's good with Daniel Bryan as well. Like his matches, okay, like, yeah, yeah, D Bryan yeah, 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 makes D-Bry. anyone look good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but Whereas I, MJF I, can work with everyone, yeah. and well, he I, still looks amazing. I think that's the that's the key with MJF is that he's this great heel. He's an amazing talker, and The Miz is a great talker. But MJF is also a great worker, and The yeah. Miz mm. is not. Like just flat out, he is not. He's got some of the worst kicks, some of the worst punches. He like just he's not a good worker. He's an average worker at best. He's got a decent finish, and he cannot hit it good to save <laughs> yeah. his life. And it's got a great name as well. The school crushing yeah. finale is mm. a great name for a finisher. It's just yeah, he mm, yeah. But when he's on fire talking, he's he is great. Mm. Um, but great yes, promo got no- yeah. Definitely. But like I say, over overall, really good opening match. Good good heat. Got the crowd hype. Um, and yeah, I don't see them I don't see them taking the belts off the Young Bucks until they do the Young Bucks and Good Brothers match. 
because yeah. mm. the belts are staying on them until they do that, I think. Um, I so, think they're probably going to stay on them in, after that. Very possible. It's very possible. Like, if they yeah, do a title honestly, for title. Yeah, I honestly see that match happening and I see the Bucks winning. Mm. I think that um, they their Instagram post recently of the, just just Matt and Nick sitting outside the Cracker Barrel on their little rocking chairs. <laughs> it, 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 it told a story. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, we're the only ones left. Yeah, yeah good point. <laughs> Fuck anybody who says the young bucks can't do storytelling. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, yeah. You like, obviously aren't paying attention. This has been years and years and years in the making. You know, it went from all of the elite and Bullet Club like sitting outside on the rocking chairs and now it's just the two of them yeah. and the fact that they managed Where to keep it, it going through multiple promotions over so many mm. years and people yeah. still are invested yeah exactly yeah. that's prime fucking storytelling right there yeah yeah um, like, there is hangman's in the territories of- you didn't get this much storytelling between <laughs> promotions no yeah. there's hangman's not. posting pictures of him in the dark order the segment on uh dynamite was fucking fantastic mm-hmm. uh, i got emotional when the dark order <laughs> came out with with hangman uh on the pay-per-view i was actually like oh man like, they're all such good friends. I fucking love it. <laughs> I just love that the Dark Order have become this ultimate babyface faction now. It's fantastic. They're uh, still spooky perverts, though. <laughs> so the next match we come on to was the um, Casino Tag, tag Team Rumble, Royale. Fucking whatever it's they want to call it this it, week. It's Yeah, it was a Tag Team Battle Royale. That, like, it started off, mm, it got better and better as it went on. Like, obviously, yeah. you know, we started off with, what, the Natural Nightmares and... Shit. Who Some are... other guys. Yeah. Um... Oh, um... Dark Order. Dark uh, five o- and ten. Yeah, five mm. and ten. Five and ten. And, you know, ten's probably the weakest part of the Dark Order. Not to say that, you know, I'm not trying to disparage him. He he's, just, he's just yeah. green. Oh, he's just green. He's still learning. Yeah, exactly. He's just green. Although, it's not like... one of my comments on this when they came out was that I thought Ten looked absolutely jacked and he has yeah. definitely been trying to put in some work. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely. He's, you know, he's a work in progress and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and, uh, like, QT is solid. Uh, Dustin is solid. So, I mean, it he's wasn't fucking great. He's, he's, he's in the best shape of his life at I know, 50. like, I know. It, it's incredible to see And you one. want to talk about somebody who can work with anyone. Yes, like, yeah, yeah, Dustin, you can put him in a match with like fucking anyone and he can work. Like Dustin can work. That's bottom line. Uh, and he's proved that throughout his entire career. I know a lot of people look back on gold Dustin. One exception. Oh, One exception. WCW Black. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there, there have been some well, like, he low could points not in his get career. A good match out of Chris Harris in TNA. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, right, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, as the match progressed, obviously we got more people in. Like Jungle Boy running wild was fantastic. Yeah, uh, that was great. Who, who else came in? Obviously, we had Death Triangle because ultimately Phoenix went. Oh, I didn't even mention the the. Uh, no, we did mention who that was the Young Bucks retained. Fucking all right about. But yes, um, putting Ray Phoenix in a match automatically raises the quality. Yes, so you know, there's that going. I, I, I I'm I'm fully on the Ray Phoenix hype train at the moment. Like he's just <laughs> match after match after match is just fucking yeah. outstanding. Yep, and um, there are two big takeaways I took from this match. Um, number one. Where the fuck have Bear Country been? Yeah, They're yes. amazing. Yeah. Love them. <laughs> Talk about like a, a, a good version of Heavy Machinery. 
right? You know, yeah. just big, I like burly. love heavy machinery in yeah. NXT, but like this is like, like oh my god, they've actually given them the ability to be big fucking guys and show how fucking powerful they are. They were just bulldozers, weren't they? they? Were and, I, but then Grayson picked one of them up. That was really that was impressive. <laughs> Stu Grayson still really underrated. Like people that yeah. don't know the the Smash Brothers from like back in the day, just don't realize how great those two are as a tag team. Um, but yeah, I thought like the only match of this I ever saw before they got to AEW was in when they had a brief stint in Ring of Honor and they had a match with um, Steen and El Generico. Yeah, and yeah, that was a, that was, was a great a good match. match. Um, but overall, I thought, yeah, the, the, the match built and built, like you would expect a good battle royale to do, um, the final, like what, 10, what, five minutes of the match where you had, um, it was Jungle Boy, Boy, Phoenix, uh, Pack, and John Silver. Like, yeah. That was a great final to have. John Silver. All four of those guys could have won. Yeah. Yeah. Like, John's, um. Yeah, the like hung, uh, hungy. John Silver and Pack in a singles match. Yes, John Silver and Pack as a singles match. Just is the little some... jacked guys throwing each other around. Yeah, like, and I think they, they worked really well together when they did have their their spots in the in that battle royale. Like with the uh, yeah. hungy just powering kicks into um into Pack as he's up against the ropes and just Pack dying. It was it, it was yeah. fucking great. He is an absolute joy to watch. I really enjoyed the fact that when Silver and Reynolds come in, it's like just all out powerhouse moves from Silver. <laughs> and then we had like the great Lucha things happening from Phoenix yep. at the same time. And, and there was there was just that great moment. I still think Death Triangle's a really stupid name though. I think it sounds better in the Spanish. The, I was yes. so yes. I was I was saying this earlier to Naomi though. We've got the inner circle. We've got Death Triangle. That means MJF's faction has to be something square, mm. right? Four square. Yeah. It's going to be four square. <laughs> <laughs> well, are they doing some kind of Illuminati shit with this? Like, it's all just shapes now. Yeah, maybe they, Maybe they, this is a long-term plan for, like, uh, you know those babies' toys where you put the shapes in the holes? They oh, yeah, have, like, the, the inner circle A-W hole, the Death Triangle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I, like, I think... Also, I what this match made me really want to see was uh, a singles match between Phoenix and Jungle Boy. Yeah, because yeah. I think I, that I, was really good. That, they, those two have got real chemistry, and they can just bounce all over the place. It's like fucking watching elastic men just jumping all over <laughs> the shop. I've never seen anyone yeah. have quite the poise on ropes that Phoenix has. Like, um, who is I can't remember who it was eliminated, but he he just runs across the top of the rope and just punt into someone's face. To eliminate that was silver. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was silver. She yeah. Just absolutely yeeted him. Like <laughs> so it was amazing. Um, so yeah, overall, one of the better battle royales I've seen in a long time. Uh, I like yeah. that it wasn't dragged out too much. Yeah, yeah like, I mean, no, it went a good length. Yeah, just enough time for everybody involved to have a decent little spot of their own, but people were eliminated in good time. There wasn't too much time wasting that WWE really liked to do mm-hmm. in their battle royales. I mean, that. it was 26, it just, it was like nearly 27 minutes, which, you know, yeah. if you consider the amount of teams involved, the fact that they were spacing out, like with the Royal Rumble, they were spacing out the entrance coming in. I mean, that's a perfect kind of time. It did not outstay its welcome, in my opinion. Yeah. I also like that they had Jungle Boy in there in the final too, because 
Like mm-hmm. they're just, you know, slightly every so often, you know, it's just jungle boys going yeah. up and up and up. And up. They're just like just giving a little nudge. Mm-hmm. And, and when it sooner or later he is gonna like break out on his own, because yeah. quite frankly, if this battle royale taught me anything, is that I fucking hate Marco Stunt. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. He is the scrappy dude of AEW. Yeah, the only the, like he like I mean, fair play to him. I I, I can't, you know, as a, someone his size trying to make it in this business, it's got to be difficult. So I'll give him props for that. But yeah, he does annoy the piss out of me because he looks like a child. He's he's another one of those it's, guys. I'm like, okay, it's I've... not even that. It's the fact that whenever he does anything, he does it in the most dickish possible way. Like <laughs> he helped Jungle Boy cheat in this match. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it was so funny. And so did Jack Evans. <laughs> yeah. be a babyface team, and you've just got this one Marco cunt. That's just, <laughs> just, just like, oh, I'll stop you from getting getting eliminated, and then he eliminates Evil Uno in what was one of the worst botches of the night. Oh yeah, yeah. Now we pointed that out that, that Hurricane Ron, and then Evil Uno's just like. I guess I'll run into the post now. <laughs> yeah, I'm not expecting this, but I need to get out of yeah. here somehow. Yeah. I think Marco's one of those guys. He's another one of those guys that, like, okay, I appreciate that you're doing your best, but I don't really want to see you do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 that's it. Um, I, 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 I blame I blame Brian Alvarez for it because uh, that that period of time where everyone he wrestled as soon as he wrestled them they got signed to AEW because he wrestled Orange Cassidy got signed to AEW wrestled Jungle Boy got signed to AEW wrestled Marcus Stunt got signed to AEW yeah, so it's it's, it's Brian Alvarez's yeah. fault completely <laughs> but yeah so um, obviously Phoenix won that match by eliminating eliminating Jungle Boy. Uh, which means that we are going to get uh, Pac and Phoenix against the Young Bucks. Which, well, that'll be an interesting match. That's going to be a fucking arm burner. Like, if anything, you know, if the the uh, Matt Jackson Phoenix singles match from uh, a from Dynamite this week yeah. is anything to go by, oh fuck, it's going to be a stonker. You throw Pac into yeah. that mix, mm, yes, please. <laughs> like, well, Pac- they've all got history and they work so well together. Yeah. You know, like it is just going to be four guys who just know each other's bodies yeah like which sounds really gay <laughs> but like, it's true so i know your neck in the most intimate way I <laughs> <laughs> um so next match how to, to get in there how to get in there <laughs> Like there was some definite fuck neck moments throughout this match, uh, uh, not throughout mm-hmm. this show, or even um, next match. So was uh, the women's championship match between Hikaru Shida and Rio Mizunami. I really enjoyed this match, with yeah. one exception, which I do agree with you. It did have Gargano Cole levels of false finishes towards the end. It was a bit too long. Yeah. Yeah, I think they could like, have wrapped it up a little yeah. bit earlier. But in terms of, you know, it was a good Joshi match. In terms of yeah. women's matches on AEW, it's in the top echelons of... It's definitely the best match Shida's had since being champion. And, like, her run has been... It's been mixed mixed bag, but she's she's had a she's had a mixed bag of opponents to work with, and I think they've tried to make the best of what they had. It's it's nice that she had someone Japanese to defend to, so we could get some (laughs) real fucking Joshi. Yeah, as as well, Mizunami has such great energy that I think she'd have had a lot to work with there. Doesn't she just look like the female Okada with the jacket and everything? Oh yeah, she's she's like someone cosplaying as Okada. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> I love her glasses as well, but I I uh, love anarchy. <laughs> <laughs> she I is thought great. um as well, Sheeda looked absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, she she looks fantastic. Was amazing. Mm. And I think the like I, I will forgive some of the 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 false finishes and the and the, the kind of like length of the match because in if you know obviously the backstory of Shida, which they uh, and Mizunami, which they really tried to get across, you know they've got such a long history, and Shida's never beat Mizunami. So if if this was in like the promotion where all those matches had taken place, you could actually say I actually know that the, all those extra false finishes, and that would have really heightened it. But for most yeah. people, they they don't really know beyond what the commentary team put across in the match and what was built yeah. up pr- leading into the match about their history. So it's I, I like that's where I think they could have maybe cut out like three or four finishes, false finishes at the end and had a little bit of a tighter match. But striking was fucking fantastic. It was a real hard hitting match. I think Mizunami like. That leg drop looks fucking like it's a leg drop. It should look shit, <laughs> but it looks great when she does it. That was a that was like a bull Nankano level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought that was a really a really solid women's championship match. Hopefully, yeah. this means that as well they're going to be elevating that women's division a bit more. They need to keep Maki Ito on. They need to keep Mizunami on. Um, I do think Nyla Rose is improving massively as well. Um, she was very sloppy to start with, but she has definitely got. Yeah, it. Was it, yeah. um, they, they recognised that though from the beginning, you know, which is the difference between again shitting on WWE, but the difference between oh, WWE what, and AEW. <laughs> when, <laughs> when someone is a bit sloppy, they train them. They have so many good coaches backstage. You know, some great names there, including Dusty, uh, Dustin, sorry, and. Arn Anderson and you know they've got such amazing talent to help these people improve that, and they are actively doing it that was one thing that I forgot about the in the Battle Royale the uh, whole angle between um, Dustin and QT where QT just eliminates himself yeah that kind of came out of nowhere yeah like QT's basically got a heel turn coming up which was further yeah. played into on Dynamite with the when he basically walked out on Lee Johnson and left him to get I do beat think, down though, like like I said to you, he yeah. was melodramatic <laughs> about it, but he wasn't wrong. He wasn't he, wrong. He eliminated his opponents, and Dustin's all like, they're our friends. It's like, but the aim of the match is not to make friends. <laughs> yeah. so... It's just like Sid Hogan at the end of 1992 <laughs> yes. Royal Rumble all over again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, was, it was a bit... Um... And there was that one spot, like, I know we're going back a little bit, but there was that one spot as well where Phoenix did the dive through the ropes and one of the refs is like, you're out, you're out. And like, uh, Audrey had to be like, no, 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 my God, that landing. Oh, that made my arsehole pucker. That's the second time he's fucking done that. He did it on Dynamite the week before as well. He just like, he loves doing it. Yeah, it just like he apparently likes the feeling of a guardrail up his ass. We're not here to judge. Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so Hikaru Shida uh, does uh, retain retained on the women's match, and like I say, yeah, it was a really, really fun match. Even though it did probably went a little bit longer than it needed to, I think it was yeah. still a very good match. I mean, it was like fifteen minutes, which you know is not bad length for a title match at all. Yeah, but I think it was oh, just okay. the sheer number of false finishes right at the end. They could have probably gone around thirteen minutes and still had a great match and it just felt a bit tighter. Mm. Yeah. Well, 
Well, better than some of the matches they've done when like it's gone like two minutes longer than it should have rather than five minutes longer than it should yeah. have. <laughs> the next match, I think, went as long as it needed to. Like it was over yeah. in seven yeah, minutes. Like yeah, yeah. I am done with I I'm, I'm done with this feud. I'm so done with this feud. Everybody is done with this feud because <laughs> I think it, that's why it was short. Yeah, yeah, but they're having another fucking match. So we're talk- uh, so this match was um, Orange Cassidy and um, Chucky e. T. Chucky e. T versus uh, the Best Man Miro and uh, Super Bad Kip Sabian. And I fucking love Kip Sabian. Um, Has he always great. been that hot, or was it just me? Like on that paper, <laughs> oh, I no, think he's no, always he been hot. Always been, been that, that hot. hot. Yeah, he's yeah. always been that hot. No, he's definitely thought, always. Hey, a good... Hang on, a there's second. a reason Penelope Ford hooked up with him, right? You <laughs> <Yeah>. know, <laughs> he's a pretty man. Um, Joey Janela, or hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's definitely an upgrade. No offense, Joey, but uh, got a little no. bit of a, got a little bit of a bit of a pot belly going. Maybe sort that out and. Get, some, get your hair done and you know you'll yeah. be all right uh, but, I think, uh, look at us us perfect specimens of humanity here <laughs> picking on Joey Janela's physique come on now um, I think uh, it, th- this match had some really good like it, it, it was just they threw it in from the beginning Miro crazy um, and Miro continues to be crazy mm-hmm. and even after the bell Miro continued what? to be crazy I think- can we talk about that like interview a little bit before the actual match because yes please do like they did one of my (laughs) they did one of my favorite bad spots (laughs) in like interview segments before a match or like after a match like like when when a when a wrestler is being interviewed and they get pearl harbored from the front yeah. like they can visibly see someone coming and a surprise attack happens before their very eyes like I the, love that shit mm-hmm. because it is so funny it's, it's like, like well I've got about five seconds before he actually gets here so yeah. it's like the Roman Reigns um, fucking golf cart thing it's like you tell me you didn't see that shit come the ref's like I should tell him. Nah, 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 he'll be fine he'll fine. be fine <laughs> Um, but yeah, so they get attacked before the match and like fucking Chuggy T was bleeding like a stuck pig by the time they got out of the ring. Yeah. That looked painful. I, I, do, I do think that they are trying to sell a story with Miro because there was the point where um, Kip was out, like Penelope got bumped and Kip, Kip was out like checking on Penelope and Miro yeah. just grabs Kip and throws him back in the ring to make the tag. I assume there's yeah. going to be a breakup there eventually because Miro needs monster Miro, which is what I think this match created yeah doesn't need kip sabian and penelope and i think kip and oh, no. penelope are going to work better as baby faces uh, like penelope's yeah. just a pure baby face like she's just going to be a great baby face and i think kip could be a really good baby face as well he does smarmy heel pretty good but he's just so cheeky and likable and i, I guess yeah. that's maybe because i'm british and he's british and i always have a soft spot <laughs> for the brits you know like mm. the brits are always my guys like we must be the good guys technically he is our local boy yeah he's norfolk isn't when he you think about it norfolk yeah because like, yeah. he trained at uh, waw in norwich mm. with uh, the knight family so. yeah yeah it's a lo- pro- local boy does good yeah. this I, is I, a local boy for local people yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i do agree though i do think monster Miro is coming out like i say mm-hmm. in the fact yeah. that he threw um threw orange into Penelope. Yeah. Um and then that just didn't give a shit. Submission at the end and the bell goes yeah, and he, he he's it. just looking into the camera. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. yeah. He's great. As I, a big 
brute. He's just, he's great. I, I, I love what they're doing with him. Yeah. They're yeah. using him so much better than anybody has previously. I, I have enjoyed like the jaw jacking that he's done to Chucky T. Like, I'll send you to, the, I was going to send you to the moon. I was going to send you to the moon. And I'm like, what? By making him his, your, his butler. It's <laughs> like, yeah. You don't know what career opportunities there might be as Miro's butler. <laughs> it just like it just really made me laugh, and it was just some really good character work from. Uh... He's, gr- he's great. He's great, and I think yeah. maybe when he first appeared, people were a little bit disappointed that like, okay, they're they're putting him with Kip, who's you know a mid card who hasn't really been on TV much. They're doing this weird gamer gimmick. It's not what we want from Miro, yeah. and I think they've slowly way. kind of pushed him into that that mm. monster territory, which I think is where he's going to really excel. Yeah, because it gets Kip to where they want him to be as a baby face and then it gets Mm. Miro to where they want him to be as this monstrous character, which he's so good at. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Talking of like, um, it doesn't come up at this point in the show, but might as well talk about it now because it kind of bleeds into what we're talking about. So what is your thoughts on Christian Cage as the uh, big new signing? I mean... I love Christian Cage. Yeah. Um, I don't think... WWE ever really took him no. seriously as a main event well, singles. And like I loved his run in TNA. Yeah, completely. Like, I thought he was fa- fucking they used fantastic. His TNA entrance, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Well, it's, yeah. it's, it's an amount. Yeah, it's a pro- Like, good on him. Yeah, it is basically <laughs> rip off Evanescence. Evanescence. <laughs> He's great, and no, he, it, he's. No, it is actually an Evanescence. It, it is, is actually, actually Evanescence. Okay, that'll be why it sounds like rip off. <laughs> he's um. I, it, this is a really pretentious thing to say, but he's a wrestler's wrestler. You know, yeah. wrestlers talk about yeah. how good he is. Booker T said that WWE have really dropped the ball by letting him go. Well, he's got so much to offer. It's because Vince didn't like his face, which is he ridiculous. was creepy little. He's got a great I face. That was stupid. Like, yeah. He was part of the one of the best looking tag teams of the nineties <laughs> in that Edge and glorious Christian. Glorious blonde hair. Like, he actually looked better when he cut his hair. Yeah, and that's definitely. very rare for a wrestler. <laughs> and but like both Edge and Christian, they have got they've got grizzled, but in a good way. Yeah, like they look good these days. Both of them do. And yeah, no, I think they've got three TLC matches under their belt. <laughs> they've been through the wars. And yeah, I think I, I like if they're positioning him for a match with Kenny Omega as well. I think that mm-hmm. should be really fucking interesting. And it's something yeah. completely new. It's, uh, I was reading an excerpt from an interview with Christian from a few years ago now where he was saying the first time he watched a Kenny Omega match, he just could not focus on it because he was so excited thinking of all the things he could do if he wrestled Kenny Omega. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I had to stop, I had to walk away and clear my head, and then I had to try and watch the match again. <laughs> so that that gives me a lot of, a lot of hope for what they're going to do because I think the next two matches for Kenny are going to be um, Cage... And who else did they they set something up with? Oh, um, uh, Eddie. Eddie. They're going to blatantly do a Kenny Eddie Kingston match. Yeah, but I I, I love Christian. I've always loved Christian. Mm. He was like my, you know, as a child, I would watch Edge and Christian on WWE. You know, yeah. Um, and my mum fancied him, so you know, it was always that <laughs> kind of. He was always a really big part of wrestling for me growing up. Um, it's good to see him in w- in, in AEW and Definitely. away from WWE. And I really think it's a big fuck you to Vince, which I'm I'm all for a big fuck you to Vince. <laughs> uh, there should be more big fuck yeah. yous to Vince, definitely. I think as well, like because a, a lot of, I've heard a lot of the IWC being like, oh, it was a letdown, you know, um, that all that pump about Hall of Fame career. It's like no motherfucker has had a great yeah. career. He's just yeah. never gotten the recognition from the company he did most of the work. You're never for. gonna make that 
vocal segment of internet fans happy. You know, no. CM Punk said on the night, it's not me. And people were still bitching that it wasn't him afterwards. <laughs> yeah, Mike also playing. Like, I'm nah. really glad. I, I don't want CM Punk to ever show up in AEW. <laughs> I really don't. I don't want his jaded worldview infecting mm-hmm. that locker room. Do you know what? Yeah. I, everyone loves CM Punk, right? Like a lot of people that I know who are wrestling fans really like CM Punk. I can't stand the bastard. <laughs> he was a very Zeke guy. Let me explain on that a little bit. I like, there was definitely a period of time where CM Punk was absolutely yeah. my favorite wrestler. I love CM Punk. Probably, he's definitely my top 10 favorite wrestlers ever. I love CM Punk. I hate Phil Brooks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah right. completely. That's yeah. completely right. No, I think he's, he's a very, very Zeke Geisty wrestler in that he was, he was, he came about in a time when people wanted to see more wrestlers like him. They were done with the big beefy muscle guys. They wanted yeah. to see these, you know, these indie darlings. And he did open the door in a lot of ways for that. Um, but yeah, Phil Brooks, the person. Yeah. Different, different guy. <laughs> yeah. I think the reason that I don't like him is purely, he reminds me of a friend that we have who is just so self-entitled and anything he does wrong, he can't see it. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say his name um, just in case, but like, <laughs> He's so fucking self-entitled, doesn't see that everything he does is really fucking irritating. And he looks a bit like CM Punk. And <laughs> I can't get that image out of my head. I'm just like, oh, I really don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought Christian Cage was a nice welcome, an unexpected surprise coming in there. He was the last person yeah. that I thought that was going to be because uh, especially after the rumble. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, especially after the People rumble. People thought it was going to be Ethan Page, didn't they? And he turned up anyway. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Great uh, stuff. Uh, well, we'll come on to that match in a second because mm-hmm. next one uh, was the big money match between... Oh, uh, uh, before we get into that, yeah, there was the backstage interview with um, Jericho and MJF. Oh, yeah. And I hated the fact that they did this because MJF, basically just said flat out on the mic, I am turning on you on Wednesday. <laughs> it wasn't so much <laughs> foreshadowing as, as billboard advertising. And also, yeah. the other the other side of that that made me kind of like, it makes a bit of the storyline fall apart. It's like, what were they going to do if he won? What if, if they were the tax? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to go to FDR and the boys be like, look, things just, are on hold. Just, just wait. Just yeah. Like, hold fire. Yeah. yeah. But also like, like we'll we were saying, eventually, but like, yeah, not today. Uh, also, what would he have done if the inner circle had agreed to turn on Jericho? Well, that that's easy. You just have a bigger stable, right? <laughs> like all my boys now. But, like, but the way they're framing this is that this is basically the new Four Horsemen. And mm. my God, am I fucking sick of in wrestling of people trying to recreate the Four yeah. Horsemen? That's why I said. Like, I really hope it, whatever there was a time and a place for it. It happened. Is past. Yeah. It was the greatest faction of all time. You stop it. It's been, yeah. it's been diminishing returns ever since. I really hope whatever they decide to call this new faction, it doesn't allude to the Horsemen. It just let no, them be AEW their own thing. No, just the right to the name of the Four Horsemen. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well. So, oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Which means that they'll eventually, obviously, end up feuding with Cody to recreate the dusty Four Horsemen thing because oh. Cody, that's, you know what, that's what Cody's planning, right? He just wants to oh. basically re- redo his father's feud. <laughs> so, Yeah. Well, that's AEW, especially, you know, with every single pun that has happened with uh, grabbing the fucking brass ring, which I hated. Um, (laughs) But, you know, everything that that Cody is putting forward into AEW is 
it, it is just a big, I love my dad. Yeah. And also, fuck you, Vince. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he is very much his father's son. Yes, he is. <laughs> yes, he is. So, um, with that, we'll go on to what was I thought was one of my favorite matches of the night, actually. Um, Hangman oh, Page and uh, Big Money Matt. Not like, okay, you know, Page is fucking fantastic work and Matt can still go, but it was the it was the emotion and the storyline in this. Like everything that Page does, every match that he's in, every angle that he's in, I'm so super invested in now. The video package for this was fucking yeah. great. Mm. Yeah. I loved his promo when, especially when I wrote this down, when Page said, Matt Hardy is just a money grabbing asshole bastard piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some poetry. Like piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Someone well, actually had like, a sign of that in the audience yeah. as well. I love him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's no secret, like, I'm, you know, Hangman Page's biggest fucking fan, and uh, it fight me, anybody who <laughs> says different, but um, I want his babies. But I just absolutely love everything about him as a wrestler. Yeah, I love the fact that he used to be a school teacher. Could you imagine him <laughs> yeah. being your teacher? Talk about a crush on your I teacher, right? Same age as me, which <laughs> I find really, really strange, because I'm like, oh, you're so young. Yeah, <laughs> you're a baby. <laughs> He's younger than me, which is depressing as shit. <laughs> Half of these people are younger than me, which is depressing oh, as shit. they're all younger than me. Well, yeah. MJF is like 23 or 23. Right? Yeah. Stop horrible. it. Stop it. <laughs> it's just like, that's the one thing is like watching AW. I'm like, oh no, I'm so grizzled and old. Death is upon us. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. They've got Christian to represent people like you now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Christian I don't know. Me. I think I'm probably better represented by Jake Roberts. <laughs> 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 Um, but yeah I thought the match was really really good Um, like obviously um, having Dark Order come out at the end as well celebrate Um, I thought it was really well written you know with anticipating heart um, with Paige's moves and everything like you know there was really good play by both of them and they know each other so well. You know, that kind of writing was really, really clever. I also like, you know, the spot with the trapping his hand in the stairs looked fucking brutal yeah. as all hell. Yeah. Um, and uh, that, yeah, I thought they, they worked really well together. Um, obviously, Matt took control for a little bit and then uh, Paige fires up and comes back. Um, mm-hmm. fin- was it Bookshot Lariat finish? I think yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah, it was the assisted yeah, well, ones. Dark Order helped him. Back yeah, 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 and, yeah. That yeah. was right, and that that was just fucking fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's finally it, and it was that match that finally was like, oh no, Page and the Dark Order, they are one. Page <laughs> realized that the Dark Order uh, might actually be his true friends. I yeah. think that was that storytelling, which Page is a really good actor oh, as well. Fuck, isn't he just? When he looked at them from the corner, and he went, Do you know, like it was almost as if he went. The elite aren't here. Yeah. You guys are here. Yeah. yeah. It was good. It was a feel-good match. It really yeah. was. And I think that's one of the reasons it was one of my favorites of the night. Because, like, there were great matches on the night. But in terms of just a finish that, like, was, like, made me smile well, from just, ear to ear. It was a big ear. emotional yeah. payoff. Again, storytelling. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Storytelling. <clears throat> I just, I, I like... company does better than a, so many other promotions Hell, have. they've done it better than New Japan this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Let, let's, let's, let's not mince words. New Japan are having an off year. They're going through a weird phase. The, and, you know, yeah. I, I, fair play. They got, they've got a lot of shit to kind of rejig and yeah. remove around. And, and they're they going, are working around injuries as well. Yeah, they're working around injuries. They're working around COVID. They're working around a lot of different things. And they're obviously trying to change things up. And um, little sidebar, 
the unification of the belts and them erasing the history. You know, they, they're basically going to say the new lin- getting rid of the lineage. Yeah. I, 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 I'm Why? not a fan. I'm not a fan. No, I'm not either. Like, like you had this belt for how long? How long is it? A good, Eight years? Yeah. It's a good long lineage. I mean, if you're taking it back all the way, like the IWGB Championship back, if you like, it's because they've kept the lineage even through all the fuckery with Brock's belt and everything like that. They've kept that yeah. same lineage to just. I know it doesn't erase it from the record books per se, but to because it means like you know when they do the championship roll call before a championship match. Now you're gonna love it. It's just which gonna is, be five minutes of Kota's face. Is, I personally love that when they yeah. do that video package and it, they show it all. Had, the, it adds to the gravitas. Which champions were obviously a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> and it adds to the gravitas of the match. And it's like, this is this storied title steeped in history. And they've just kind of gone, eh, not anymore. I'm like, imagine if the NWA said, like, uh, nah, fuck Ric Flair, fuck Terry Funk, fuck Harley Race. <laughs> yeah. like we are starting at um it's just nick um, is now <laughs> we're starting at rob conway <laughs> <laughs> of all the names nobody would give a shit about that belt <laughs> oh god of all the names <laughs> rob conway okay but yeah so that that's that's another piece of wrestling thing that's going on right now that i'm a little bit okay i'll, I'll give yeah. i always give new japan benefit of the doubt because long term they always seem to come up with the goods but yeah this year has been a bit of a uh like i mean when you have the likes of naito being beat by fucking the great okan in the opening round of the new japan cup i'm like what's going on here mm. I mean, uh, if you have new, like, I'm not a great O'Connor fan, as we've discussed. Yeah. And nobody like this has not worked. Him and Master Wato have basically just proved that, okay, you do not know how to book your yeah. returning excursions anymore. Yeah, it's uh, the, the last really good returning excursion, I think, probably was Show and Yo. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. 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 So hopefully, the, when Shooter and that come back, then maybe they'll. Sort their fucking sort their fucking lives out, but anyway, yeah. yeah like you say, big money match, really good. The payoff to it as well on Dynamite with um, Hangman, like yeah, I bought a saddle, I bought a load of whiskey, and I got this big ride on lawnmower, and like all the Dark Order just pile on oh, the except lawnmower, for Alan except for Alan Angel, because <laughs> there's a weight limit, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was just yeah, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it plays into some of the stuff off BTE, but I think it was funny enough that. You don't need to see BTE to get the comedy of it. No, I mean all. we don't. We've watched some BTE, but we certainly yeah. watch it regularly, and it's never impacted our enjoyment of of this kind of storyline. So. No, definitely. I not. haven't missed an episode in four years, and I'm <laughs> but, gonna <laughs> um, because I, that's where the real storytelling is. Yes, that's, that's very true. I, I just like I like seeing they're they're funny guys, right? Yeah. Like they're all really funny. And the Dark Order skits on BTE have been the best part of the past two so, years. Um, I always watch the... So I, I listen to the Meltzer recaps and when it melts, it's like this, 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 and this were good. I always go back and watch those particular... But like, I like if, yeah. B, if Meltzer says there's stuff worth watching on BTE, I'll make an effort to go and watch it. Um, yeah. And then we come on to uh, the Sonic the Hedgehog Invitational. <laughs> Right, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I said it I'm first. Like, oh I just didn't God. say it on mic. <laughs> Literal brass ring, right? Uh, it just looked like the Sonic the Hedgehog ring. That's all it, it looked yeah. like. Or a, what, like it, a hemorrhoid it was so cushion. Oh, it was blatantly inflatable as well. 
I don't know if it was inflatable. No, I just it, was, it was you could, see, you could see the seam around the edge. It was fucking inflatable. Well, it was, or it was just a really, really shoddy mold. Either that, yeah. or it was polystyrene, maybe. Yeah, it, it looked light at yes. the end. It's definitely got... not brass. I just, uh, I think it's an example of a kind of. It wasn't even the same and... color as brass. <laughs> Couldn't they have got one of the? You know the gladi. Remember gladiators and they had the swingy metal yeah. ring. Couldn't you have got one of the, like are you telling me you couldn't have got a metal ring from somewhere, you cheapskate bastards? I think it's just an example of like a, a an in joke that's a bit this too fucking billion. Yeah, you could have got you could have done better. Or you could have just not done brass ring. They could have just had a yeah. contract for the uh, you know, a a, a, yeah. a contract for a the, briefcase is fine. A briefcase would have been fine. But, it didn't have to be right. your smart ass. It's a Cody joke, it's mm. a BTE joke. It's a brass ring. Speaking of, like, Cody had the botch of the botch of that match for me when he went to uh, drop kick Penta off the ladder, million fucking miles away from Penta. Um, yeah. are, you talking about the, are you talking about the cutter spot? No, no. There was a bit where uh, Penta's climbing the ladder and Cody does a springboard drop kick into uh, kick him off, and he's just a million miles away from it. And Penta still takes the dive. It's like mm, okay, but the cutter spot bit, was but... also fucking awful. Um, the, the 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 thing that really bugged me about Cody in this match, and look, I, look, I'm not a Cody fan. I've never been a Cody fan, so you can take with my opinions with a pinch of salt on him. But when he got injured, and they were like, "We have to get him out of the match. We take him to the back," and then he was just there in the tunnel arguing with Arn for the rest of it until he came back. And the, you know, they kept being like, "Oh, Cody, he's injured. He's gone. Well, he's not gone. We can see him, but he's injured. He's not yeah. coming back. He's out. Oh no, he's still there, but he's definitely yeah. injured." Yeah. It's like, and then the you know the last guy. Scorpio had to take out to win was Cody with his one janky arm and it's yeah it's just so tiring to me yeah um, the fact that he just sort of like came out and just 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 like took off his white belt and just started yeah, fucking everyone yeah. like, what's, like, what's going what on are you yes that is the <laughs> heelist fucking move mm-hmm. of heeliest moves um, but yeah I the, like if you'd have taken Cody out of this match, I think it would have given it like an extra star rating. If I was giving star <laughs> ratings to this match, I don't mind him being uh, in the match. I think uh, when live crowds come back, we will see that fans love Cody. I don't think that's a problem. Mm. But like I say, everything he does is very self indulgent. And for me, that spot where the baby face gets injured and has to go, but then he makes his heroic return, I actually think is really overdone. It's yeah. very trying. And because he was never really off screen, it was even worse. <laughs> like the whole match, you could see him in the tunnel. You could see Arn peering out every now and then being like, oh yeah, they're still going. Like, hold on and for a sec. talking about it as yeah. well. Like, yeah, it's, like it's, the commentary kept talking about it. It's the poochie thing, right? Like when Cody Rhodes is not on yeah. screen, everyone should be asking, where's Cody? And yeah. there is a greater example of this than the 2016 Royal Rumble. Yeah. Roman Reigns is defending his belt. He starts out the match. He gets taken out of the match. Takes about a half hour break. Comes back. Yeah. And it's just like, why is everyone booing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just been having a nice little rest. I, I, I've just had a cup of tea and some biscuits and now I'm here <laughs> to win my match. I think with the right character, it's, it's probably something that could work. But yeah. I think it, it is overdone. And it, it's with a character who makes himself the center of everything that's going on, even when he shouldn't be. Yeah. I think... In this match, though, the standouts for me were Lance Archer was fucking fantastic oh, yeah. from start oh, yeah. to finish. He, yeah, great yeah. big man in the like to have in this match. Obviously, everything Penta does is like like you've said time and again. If you want to summarize what physical charisma is, it's Penta. Like just yep. the way he moves, he's so fucking good. Um, 
scares the life out of me every time I see his face I'm like oh no, he's no, got no. some of the best ring attire like he's got my favourite Lucha Libre mask of all time yeah. Yeah. He's, he's brilliant he's so cohesive as mm. a character as everything he says does wears you know and he is probably a really unattractive man under the face paint <laughs> as well he is so, so is Phoenix he's terrifying <laughs> The genes were not strong in that family, or they were too strong in that family, maybe. Whichever. But, um, like, I, I was really glad Scorpio got the win because I do think he's massively underrated. And, I and I thought his I thought his and Darby's match on Dynamite was really good as yeah. well. Um, although I would, I do, it, I do want to see Penta and Darby because I think those two yeah. would have a fun Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, that would be carnage. Yeah. yeah. They would just wreck each other. Um, I so thoughts on uh, all ego Ethan Page. Good for him. I yeah. really like <laughs> really fucking great. Yeah, I, I think he did had some great spots. He was acrobatic. He yeah. was um it, he did some storytelling when Cody tried to like shake his hand and he was just like fuck off you know <laughs> like and slapped him in the face. That I, that was great. And this isn't his style of match. No. So mm. like the fact that he was able to like do this and also do it convincingly. And I don't think we've given enough love to Max Caster, who he's great. He's when really he came good. out and did that freestyle. I was just like, the you line know about Cuomo when he came the first, but now, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The, when he dropped that line about blood, more blood on my hands than Cuomo, I was just like, Whoa. It's like, it's like, it's like in, in so far as I have a guilty pleasure in AEW, the acclaim to my guilty pleasure. Like I feel like they're definitely not aimed at a thirty-something white girl. <laughs> but I love them. <laughs> He he's like the only thing that I, I do really like him and I do find some of his freestyles really funny, but the thing that just it irritates me and it just is when he's going, ah, oh, ah, oh, yeah, 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 listen, <laughs> listen. I'm just like, no, just get into the freestyle. <laughs> That's what people do uh with all freestyle rappers. There's a guy who I've seen on YouTube who my brother really likes, and he starts everything off. You can see the cogs turning and to fill yeah. the time. He's like, ah. Oh, Oh, and I'm like, shut up! <laughs> yeah. Get to the rap. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Just he was. Quiet. He took some fucking horrible spots in that. Was it? Um, yeah. Because like he, that, he was a crash test tummy in this. Yeah, yeah he really yeah. was. That fro- I mean, just to start off with the frog splash that he took from Scorpio was fucking horrible. Yeah. Well, his, his genuine first action in the match was to run the hell away from Archer as he came out. He like hurled himself over the barricade, which I thought was brutal. smart. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I'd run away from Archer. But yeah, that's the right choice. Yep. Um, then Archer blackout him onto a ladder as well. Mm-hmm. At one point. Oh, that like, looked gnarly as shit. Yeah, who got fucking head first driven into the ladder on the outside? Wasn't that Sky? Yeah, Scorpio yeah. Sky. That yeah. like there was some yeah. gnarly. Fucking... I've written that down in my notes here. Is Scorpio dies? Yeah, yeah pretty yeah. much. It was a very impressive yeah. comeback for him. Yeah. Like when he went through that ladder, I was just like, well, okay, he's just now dead. <laughs> That's it. Fuck it. His that is the most fuck necky fuck neck part of that entire fucking neck show. <laughs> that was just like that was just like. So you know you know how you know how you've got this neck, Scorpio. How would you feel about if we kind of you know ground it to dust? <laughs> Have you thought about breaking your neck for career advancement? Yeah. I enjoyed the ending of this match with the whole "Long Live the King" moment on the top of the ladder. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did, the one put, like when they were climbing ladders and Archer pulled um I think it was it was either Max Castor or Scorpio Sky down but he basically just 
pulled his trousers down as he pulled them <laughs> off, which made me chuckle. Yeah. Oh, I'm never, ever, ever going to get sick of watching Lance Archer. I really no, am not. God, I, no. I, I absolutely adore him. Yeah. I just want them to, I just want another hardcore match, like Texas Death Match with him and Moxley, because mm. the one we saw live at Wrestle Kingdom oh. was fucking fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I don't want them to overdo hardcore steps in in I AEW. I think they need a break from them now. It's safe yeah. for a while. They're getting that way, and I really don't want them to mm. because. Yeah, I think they've had some really good ones, like the street fight with um, Santana and Ortiz and um, best friends. Best friends was great. Um, was obviously, the street fight, which we'll come on to next, was fucking great. Yeah. Um, the up until the end, I thought the you know for what it was, the barbed wire death match was good. I didn't like, I wasn't a big fan of the first hardcore match that Kenny and John had. You know, the non-sanctioned lights out match. It was It was all right. It was all it right. Was bit, it was a bit like, hang on, I'll come over here, you come over here yeah. and we'll do this. We'll do this spot and then we'll move over here and do this spot. And- I saw that more as like two wrestlers who have never had any interaction mm-hmm. before yeah. this getting used to each other. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I could agree with that. Um, but all, all in all, I thought this uh, I thought this um, ladder match was really good, really high-paced. Um, yeah. Everyone worked their asses off in it. It was a good outing for e- uh, Ethan Page. A good yeah. debut. It's a shame that they then booked him to go 50-50 with um, Lee Johnson Lee Johnson on Dynamite. Um, even though he did beat him down at the end, he still went 50-50 with him, which was a bit like, should have been more of a dominating win, I feel. Yeah, Lee Johnson reeks to me of a Cody pet project. They definitely and think a lot of him, I think. like they, he's, I mean, he's got a lot of promises. He's athletic as all hell and he can move really well. But, but I think he's also at a point in his career where it's not going to hurt him to get beaten down by your big new signing. No, God no. God no. But I, I also, I think, and it would have, if they'd have actually had him be properly beaten down, I think it would have played more into the angle they were doing with QT and him, it would have made that more Yeah, impactful. him walking away is It would have been more way more impactful than, than having them go 50-50. But yeah, it is what it is. But yeah, so Scorpio Sky won that match. Well-deserved. I think he's definitely someone that I can see having if not a world championship reign, definitely a good TNT title reign at some point in the future. I think he's, uh, a, he's yeah. a solid mid-card guy. Like, he's really good in the ring. Um, I've, I've never not enjoyed a Scorpio Sky match. I think he's also someone that you can inject into a title match. Yeah. He might not win, but he's a good hand to well, have. I mean, he in had a, a big, good match yeah. with Jericho. Yeah, exactly. You know? So I think he's, he's a really good guy that you can use at a lot of levels. And keeping him uh, in that kind of, like, mid to upper, upper mid-card level is really really good and i think this match was a really good use of uh a good like good way to do that as well yeah. as much as i would have loved to have seen penta um but there's plenty of time although it does like from dynamite it does like penta's going into a feud with cody because mm, everything <laughs> gotta revolve around the orbit of cody <laughs> do you know uh, what i was just thinking i was just thinking cody is almost I know he's like trying to be this whole baby face thing and he always has been a baby face, but I see him so much more as a heel now because he is just like, I love myself. Everything is very bombastic and grandiose. Yeah, I I think he probably sees himself as Triple H, but I think the reality is he's Jeff Jarrett. I I don't think he's... 
Yeah, I know it's such a burn, isn't it? I don't think he's quite Jeff Jarrett. Um, I think I think he does. No, I don't think he sees himself as Triple H because Triple H was always a heel. I think he sees himself more as. I think he sees himself he sees as more as Sting, either like, that or Brett. He's Sting. I think either that or he sees himself kind of like Brett, like levels of of baby face, Bret Hart baby face type levels, um, and he thinks he's better in the ring than he is. Like his Cody Cutter is just always sloppy as shit. Yeah, as, that, is, as is his what's the the dynamite kick or whatever it's called. No, the disaster kick. The disaster kick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the Cody Cutter is just a C-rate Oz Cutter. That's all it yeah. is. And he did a really botched one on Penta during that ladder match. Yes, he did. I mean, he did yeah. like he did a lot of botchy. He's he's never been crisp. Cody. He's never been someone I would say he's a crisp wrestler. I think there were moments in Ring of Honor where he was working with other people and he was very crisp, but yeah. I think that is... He's got to have the right opponent. Mm. Yeah. But I think, um, like I say, when the live when they have proper live crowds back, he's still going to be very over. I think he's... Whatever else I think about him as a character, he's a guy who bet on himself and yeah. and came out on top. And he, people will see him as this, this great post-WWE success story and they will love what he has done. And it's going to be very hard to kind of fight against that. Um, he just oh, doesn't fucking do anything for like me. <laughs> He'll be a great I, heel when he turns. Turn. I honestly do. I think like the, the vast majority of fans, like the very small crowd that they had in Daly's place when he came back out, there were very audible boos. Like, yeah. He's... I think he's, he's, he's going to have there. to turn at some point. Yeah. I don't think he has to. I think he will. And I don't think he'll have to tweak his act very much. No. It no, will be a natural turn. People mm. will, will just grow to be like, oh, for fuck's sake, Cody. Yeah. Your entrance is getting longer and longer yeah. and you, do, you love yourself <laughs> a little bit. Um, it's like you're a heel now. Um, <laughs> I mean, but Cody's the- kind of smart enough guy who will realize that and play to it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, overall, though, yeah, it's still a very good match. And I think the right, call for the winner as well and then we yeah. come into actually probably my second favorite match of the night or, or maybe tied for first favorite with them um, with uh the matt hardy the the street fight with darby and sting versus taz and absolute ricky Starks. i think you'll find it was brian cage yes <laughs> team taz. yeah no team taz is that's yeah brian cage. <laughs> taz. it would have been fucking hilarious <laughs> it would have been hilarious if it had been taz but um i loved this oh it was great whole- this is how you do a cinematic match yeah. well, right? The uh, music, the production quality, the promos at the beginning that led into the match organically. It was just... Uh, it was so good. The, absolutely breathtaking. Like every, so like you said, Jamie, I completely agree. That opening section, especially where Ricky gets in the car with uh, Brian and they drive... I immediately was just like, this is like Lucha Underground. It just reeked of like Lucha Underground direction at that point. Um, yeah. And then, then, then obviously, um, Darby and Sting making their way to the the ring was just a music video. <laughs> Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Three level. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, it was great though. It was really, really cool. It was way better than it was. Like, you, do you remember? Was it the first sold out where the NWO arrived on garbage oh, trucks? God. Oh God! It was like <laughs> if they'd done that, but well. <laughs> Um, God, I really liked this match. Like, uh, I'm just going to keep gushing about it. 
even from the beginning when Sting just started this whole thing by throwing Darby at Cage. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a really smart move to have a ring in there as well because yeah. it, it, it yeah. meant that you weren't just limited to brawl. You could do actual moves and it mm. helps protect Sting as well. He doesn't have to take too many gnarly fucking well, bumps. And it's a focal point for the match to come back to, which yeah. I think is important yeah. in well, a cinematic match. You've got worked, to have a story arc. <laughs> it worked as well with the, um, the what was the... the feed the one they did on the football field with Jericho and everyone. Yeah. Oh yeah, the stadium stampede. Stadium stampede. Yeah. Because there was the ring there, everyone always gravitated back to the ring. So I yeah. think that was a really good idea to to utilize that same that same storytelling tactic again. Um, but at the same time it was a nice break from the Daily's place uh location. Yeah. It yeah. was a, a really nice um yeah it just oh. It was it was refreshing. Yeah, I think like, is what I'm straight say. early yeah. on as well. That one spot where Darby springboards off, he jumps onto the wall and yeah. then just pounces back with the coffin drop. I was just like, yeah. "What the fuck? <laughs> what <laughs> are you, Spider Man?" Mm-hmm. Man is insane. Like mm-hmm. I absolutely love watching him work because I mean, from the beginning it was just acrobatics, acrobatics. Oh, I'm just going to take this insane bump, but I'm fine. It doesn't matter, <laughs> you know. <laughs> He's like made of rubber. um, And obviously, like, it was really cool. Sting can obviously still work pretty well. Obviously, they were doing a lot to cover uh, cover stuff, and as they should do, because the guy's like 60-odd and damaged. Uh, But he's still, I mean, he's still fucking Sting, right? I mean, he brings so much presence, you know? Massively. And that covers up for a lot of other things. And I found, like, when he was stalking... Uh, uh, Ricky Starks like, and they were on yeah. either side of that thing although there was the one point where he threw the bat at Ricky and I was like don't throw your weapon <laughs> you fucking idiot amateur mistake <laughs> although he did manage to get it back mm-hmm. um, and then he broke it over Cage's back yeah. and oh. was like I don't think that was a gimmick bat I think Cage <laughs> is that hard <laughs> yeah I, I, I'd believe that like if anybody got the most over in this match it was Brian Cage oh yeah because well, of just like how Freakish he fucking him is. Him carrying Darby up that stairwell in the yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, also like the the fucking sw- uh, swing of Darby through that fucking glass mirror thing. <laughs> that yeah. was like also when he th- when he picked Darby up and just threw him through the doors and the doors just kind of went thump. <laughs> and the, the camera work on that again. I'm just going to keep coming back to the production value with this. It was amazing because she had like the shot of him being thrown and then the rebound shot of Darby's head hitting the fucking walls. And yep. like, it and, was just so good. And like I mentioned before, it was actually Darby who directed a lot of this match. It was, yeah. he was really mm-hmm. heavily involved in the creative for this match. And Jesus, it, like you need to get him on all your, if you're going to do yeah. more cinematic matches, like he needs to be involved yeah. because he's yeah. got a real talent for this. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think he's that's what he's got. What? He's got a movie coming out soon. Oh, really? Hmm? Yeah. Um, he, he talked about this. Um, is it like a CKY type thing, or not last year, but the year before? Like, no, he's actually working on a movie, um, like an actual feature-length film. Awesome. Interesting. Nice. Okay. I'll definitely watch out for that because, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's definitely got some directorial chops behind. He does, him. He's got and he really movie. fully understands his own style. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you can see that, like in the in the sound choices, the direction choices, that just the the aesthetic of everything. It was so good. It was so perfect. Even. Even as you just said, the sound choices. Even when it came to his own theme tune for AEW, mm. yeah, that song he's got, I felt it's just it's brilliant. One, I think it's Very one of my dark. favorite entrance themes in AEW. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
The, I've downloaded the song. I absolutely love it. It's great. Like, <laughs> this is the only thing, reason why I was mentioning about, I, I would love to watch that match without commentary because they, as Naomi pointed out as well, they'd obviously put work into a soundscape because when you couldn't yeah. hear the commentary, there was like atmospheric sound there. And I'd really love to hear, see the match and just like hear what they were doing with the sound design yeah. of the whole thing a bit more without having uh, Taz and JR and everyone waffling over the top of it. I think if they've got any sense, they'll upload a, a commentary free version to YouTube. I think a lot of people will probably want to watch it like that. Yeah, I, I think yeah. it'd be a really good shout. Um, it's the one thing I fucking hate about the WWE Network. It's just like, you give us all these fucking options, you can't give us the fucking option to turn commentary off. Because God, <laughs> Michael Cole, if anyone deserves an off button, it's that fucker. <laughs> yeah. I've honestly, like, when I did have a free trial of the WWE Network, I would honestly listen to the match in Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> or Spanish. Like, the Spanish announcement is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, but I... Uh, <laughs> So I probably should have done that and said, what? why did I listen to it in Chinese? <laughs> <laughs> or if you listen to it in Japanese, you get Funaki. Oh, yeah, true. Um, but uh, one, I did want to mention, <laughs> one thing I did want to mention about this match uh, towards the end, I really enjoyed the ending of this. Sting did a code red. Yeah, I know. Like, what the fuck, right? Uh, amazing. <laughs> right? But he definitely hit a code red. Yeah. <laughs> um and obviously the the the, fi- the finishing spot that Derby did that fucking insane dive. Oh, that drop, yeah. Yeah. Obviously there was padding and everything underneath, but fuck it, still don't ruin like- the magic. He's dead. I'll be out of the now dead. Despite the fact that Darby <laughs> on Wednesday they are both dead. Yes, <laughs> they, got, they got better. <laughs> they, they died and I got better. Like Jesus. Absolutely <laughs> adore Darby Allen. I think he is going to be absolutely amazing he's throughout his one career. of the guys that from when we first started watching from the very first show we were like he's got whatever it is he's got it he's yeah. gonna be yeah. huge if they handle him right definitely if anyone um, come from nothing to be made a star by AEW it is Darby Allen. most this definitely. match has made all of them stars though I mean obviously Sting is a star through and through but I mean Brian Cage I really enjoyed him mm. absolutely loved him in this Ricky Starks Oh, the bumps he took. I'm <laughs> so impressed by him. Yeah. He's, a, he's a future TNT champion, I think. I, I think he's got a future world championship. Yeah, but running. I think I wouldn't be surprised if he takes the belt off Derby. I can yeah. see, uh, it would be a great match. Yeah. I can see that. And he's another one that's like just future megastar. He, he they are trying to play up some similarity. Like he he's got a lot of rock mannerisms about him, especially the way he dresses and stuff, <laughs> which I find quite amusing yeah. and endearing. He's like little rock light. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, but playing the light Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also but like absolute Ricky Star. Absolute what? This is for me. If when an English say, person says absolute, they're usually following it up with an insult. Yeah, you absolute wanker. So absolutely. Yeah. So every head. time I hear absolute Ricky Starks, I'm like, you absolute Ricky Starks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I I'm see in my head, I'm always like, that. I'm always like, you absolute tosser Ricky Starks. <laughs> <laughs> Which is which is good. Yeah, you know, all right. Like, um, did any of you guys watch NWA Power? Some of We watched a couple of episodes, didn't we? But we're not with him in. I only watched a few episodes of of it, like maybe four or five episodes. But every time he was on, I was just fucking fixated on him because it's like this guy has it. Yes, definitely. I think, uh, and putting him in the putting him in in Team Taz as well was a really smart move because. 
he's working, you know, Taz has just got this wealth of experience to draw on. Um, having the big man, little man dynamic between him and Brian Cage works really, really well. They just come across like a mean, menacing asshole team. Um, and yeah, I think he is genuinely fantastic. And also I can see uh, the similar path for him in terms of going from heel to babyface that The Rock did have. Like, you know, he's going to be this really great heel for so long because he's smarmy and shit. But he's also so good that you, when you do want to finally turn him babyface, it will work. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think overall this this was a, one of the best cinematic matches I think I've seen. Like and like out of all of them, uh, I think this was better than the Boneyard match. I'd not. I'd have to go back and watch Stadium Stampede again to see which I preferred. Because I'm gonna go ahead and say that I think this is the time that I have most enjoyed wrestling in the past year, maybe even two years. This match for me was just the epitome of what I want to see. Yeah, I would definitely say I preferred this to Stadium Stampede. I, I, I mean, Stadium Stampede had a lot of jokes and like yeah, a lot of, yeah. like that's the thing is like, it, it, was, it was a very comic match. Yeah, yeah it's just like I definitely prefer the Stadium Stampede. It had mood and atmosphere, mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah, definitely, I, mean, I will, I will agree. But I, I, I did. Yeah, like, I would put those two on par with each other. Yeah, I, 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 think, so. I think, I think, I, I slightly preferred this one to the Boneyard match, only yeah, because, only because, uh, only because. Um, it just felt a bit grittier and a bit more impactful than the Boneyard match because obviously Boneyard Boneyard match was very sanitized WWE kind of element to it, you know. And I think the four of us can agree that uh, (laughs) like Taker should have retired at least five years ago. Yeah. (laughs) Agreed. Okay, we can't put off talking about it anymore. No, we can't. We have to get to the main Uh, event, the exploding barbed wire death match. So I have a few comments, if I may. (laughs) Yes, please, by all means. It's a show full of gimmicks, puns, and violence, and it all ends in ridiculousness, (laughs) uh, which is pretty apt, I think. Um, At one point, Don Callis said that Kenny grew up on the tough streets of Winnipeg, which just (laughs) made me me fucking die. Tony Schiavone just kind of went, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, Excalibur, bless his heart, talked about that the fact that the ref is wearing his uniform underneath the protective clothing. I know. Right. Like, does it matter? <laughs> I, I, I love that they suit. said that it was a bomb-proof suit when clearly it was just the same as a forensics, like, you know, dust suit. Yeah. And also, they are fucking fragile as anything. Well, at one point, like, John rips the arm off his Do you know what? I think, like, I've watched this match now three times because Yeah, because I kept falling asleep. Yeah. <laughs> And I've been ill. It's not a comment on the match. I'm it's just it's obviously not their fault, but this is a match that really suffers in the rewatch because yeah. because you know, you know what's coming, yeah. and because the commentary team are hyping it up so much. You know they're so bent on this like this is a a destructive, dangerous, deadly match. People are gonna yeah. fucking die. This is a career shortener. And when you've watched it for the third time and you know what's coming, you're just like, oh, bless you all. It's that first moment where one of them actually touches the barbed wire and these firecrackers go off and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, C4, you yeah. were saying. And they're talking about yeah. like the scorched, burning skin of Kenny Omega, but yeah. his T-shirt's completely intact. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I'm on him. And, and like you're saying, it, like in modern day production where you can see things a lot more clearly, this match just doesn't work as well. I don't think but so. But in terms of, you know, even though 
within the confines of the stipulation, these two are still great workers and they, you know, the the selling and the storytelling of the match was really, really good. It was certainly better than their first hardcore match. And I think within... Massively. Within the confines of the stipulation, I think they worked cleverly until obviously it all fell apart. But I think... I know how it fell apart. You know, the the, the Japanese death matches, I think, personally, have a lot of mystique to them because it's really hard to get good footage of them. And so there's a mythos around them about how dangerous they were and how career-threatening they were. And when you see a very well-produced, clean one on a big pay-per-view, you lose all of that mystique. And so I think even if they had pulled off something good at the end, I still don't think it would have been what people wanted it to be. Kenny was reportedly very angry at the pirate. I'm not surprised. Yeah. I mean, I, I can imagine because, like, they actually use real barbed wire to really enhance things. So, like, you I'm know, not sure yeah. I believe that. I think they probably use some real barbed wire. I mean, if you look at what, some of them when they were getting tangled out of that barbed wire, that <laughs> shit was definitely not faked. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially yeah. like the you know the one the big board on the outside where Moxley was trying to get out, and when Moxley took the the first bump into the board in the corner. Like the mm. barbed wire digging yeah. into his head, that was brutal as fuck. The blood down his face, that that for me was, you know, I I I love seeing a bloody match. I really do. You know, I like I like it when people get beat up for real. You know, <laughs> I, I like that in the wrestling. Uh, obviously, if it's safe, um, but that was more exciting for me. The fact that Moxley had blood running into his eyes and everything. Then I wasn't. I didn't care about the barbed wire and the the fire fucking crackers going off in the end of it. You know, you mean I liked the sparklers it. going off at the end. Of it. <laughs> I liked when Moxley um, was like trying to use the barbed wire around his fist, and he was getting the bat. And then when he sawed that chair into Kenny's leg, and he was really pushing it in there, and I was like, "So that's good. That's a good way to use the props here." Yeah. You know, I think Kenny got into his own head with this match a lot. He loves Japanese wrestling so much and he loves all of that old kind of gimmicky stuff so much that he tried his best to recreate it and it just fell apart. Yeah. I think if the ending, I think people would look a lot more favorable on it if it wasn't for the ending. But I think it's one of those things that like, if you're talking about it purely in kayfabe, you know, the, the desired end result of this match was that two men were at best brutally maimed. And okay, well, then you can write them off TV for a while, and when they can come back, there's there's your blood feud. But it's it's a really weird idea to put forward that like our wrestlers are legitimately trying to blow each other up, <laughs> and we're cool with that. We've given them the the facilities to do that. Yeah. So yeah, I just I think it's a match that it's the same issue I have with some of these unsanctioned matches where they're like, well, we as a company don't approve this, but here's a company referee, and here's your entrances, and here's your music, and your pyro, and yeah. here's your TV time. Um, but it's definitely like we're not okay with it. Yeah, I it's agree. a difficult one for me to for them to make a hundred percent convincing. No, I can I can I can agree with that. I think I think it's a it's a stipulation that it's it's had its time, and I think wrestling's moved beyond it. Personally, I think you know yeah. we can do better than this now. You can have a much better match without that kind of. That stipulation only serves to hamper what you can do. And I think it's not to say there isn't a place for hardcore matches, but I think it's got to be the right place and the right match. Mm -hmm. And I don't think this was the right match. (laughs) I think hardcore matches in AEW as well. And this just wasn't one of them, really. He tried it back. I think the one thing that hampered this match was the word exploding. Yes. 
because like Show fans, who's actually seen the original Exploding Barbed Wire, Deathmatch, Pacino, Anita, and Terry Funk? Yeah, I've it's seen... It's shit, I, isn't it? It's not great. It's None of no, the King of the Deathmatches stuff are, that are particularly that good, right? Yeah, I've seen... Like, there is a time and a place for Deathmatch wrestling. Yeah. And it's usually after about eight points at three o'clock in the morning <laughs> where you just want to watch something stupid. Yeah. Mm. But, like, if this match had been just, like, a Barbed Wire Deathmatch and... There are barbed wire death matches that can be good. Uh, yeah, Sabu completely. and Abyss comes to mind. There were plenty in fucking ECW, right? And yeah, I want to say that there was a particular one between Tommy Dreamer and I know Sabu. Yes, yes, that was a really good one actually. And like, yeah, there is a time and a place for this, and that can be good. Whereas not a good time to place for is the main event of your fucking pay-per-view. Yeah. <laughs> and especially when you're like... So the one thing I was going to say as well is like they could have... Like it was a weird stipulation, like regardless of what... Because like, the way they phrased it was that after 30 minutes, if the match is still going on, the ring blows up. But the ring, the match had stopped before 30 minutes. So why did, was the ring going to blow up anyway? Didn't Dom that, say on commentary hmm. that there was actually no way to stop it? Oh, right. Okay. I, I think that. I'm sure somebody mm-hmm. at some point alluded to it. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's just going at There's no fail safe. This uh, is okay. so dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I mean, it was about the same level of danger as me uh, with a sparkler when I was five, you know, out at bonfire night. I think it's. Yeah. it's <laughs> I put some Roman candles went off. <laughs> it's it's a shame because, you know, because obviously people worked hard on it. The commentary team tried to sell it. Eddie Kingston, bless him, kind of had to come out and fix it all on dynamite. So, I feel bad for everyone yeah, involved. Like, that's the thing. I, I, to be honest, I, taking it like. The match was what it was. What I actually mm. am more impressed with is this recovery from the finish of the match that they've done. Yeah. The Eddie Kingston Moxley promo was really, really good because it's Eddie Kingston and Moxley cutting a promo. Of course, it's going to be fucking good. Um, but what I thought as well was, you know, honest to God, I think one of the best like promo segments of the year so far was Callus, um, the Good Brothers, and Omega coming out. I'm basically taking the piss out of the baby faces. It gave birth to the line, 69 me, Don, 69 me, which is it's just... It's a lot of fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, it was, like we um... need more... <laughs> like we need more fan fiction of Gary I, I, I just imagine uh, Kota on the phone going, fucking, what is going... <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a good recovery. It was, it was simple. People will... I, you know, it's unfortunate that I think this is what people will remember about the pay-per-view because the ending of the pay-per-view... It was a really good show, top to bottom, and then it was just let down by the ending. People, yeah. like, we will always remember the finish. It doesn't matter yeah. what comes afterwards on exactly. TV. Like It's like the, the um, awful Hell in the Cell with Seth and The Fiend. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't remember anything else that happened on that show. No. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember the awful finish. Yeah. Uh, Rock well, the angle from No Way Out 2001. Yeah. All, me, you do, all you remember is Earl Hebner fucking up the count on the finish. Yeah. Completely. It, it, uh, the finish, or like, for, for one, you know, for better or worse, the finish always defines the show. And if the finish yeah. fucks up, then your show's a right, almost a write off. Mm. Um, and what defined it even worse was after that botch and Eddie Kingston in there, and you know, and then everybody kind of like leaves. Yeah, someone in I, the crowd shouts refund. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I missed that. Which is fair. 
No, yeah, it was very audible as oh, well. Man, I really really miss that. Well, I mean, to be fair, we switched it off pretty much as soon as it was done this time, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, so I wanted to. I th- you know, I think they'll make something out of it going forward. Yeah. But when people talk about this pay per view forever, they're going to talk about the, that ending. And I mean, if it was if it if it was me and I was AEW, I'd be making some fucking merch just about the botch ending. Yeah. I, I would yeah. merch the shit out of it, and I would just Might lean well into point. it. I expect BTE probably will try and make some jokes out of yeah. it as well. They need to Can lean into it hard. They just need to yeah. lean into it hard and own it because but if you if you try, I, you don't and... want to do that too much though because you want to kind of shuffle it under the rug as quickly as possible. So like they've addressed yeah. it on Dynamite, they're going to do something with Eddie and the Good Brothers and Moxley going for fine. That's it. You know, zip it up, move on. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think. You know, when I watched this, I thought, oh, I kind of, I get it. I get it right. It's supposed to be a joke. But then Eddie was selling it and I was like, yeah. oh no, it is botched. And the commentary yeah. team were very much. Kenny had yeah. set this whole thing up to be like Moxley's terrified and Eddie Kingston's going to come and save him. And then, oh, some Roman candles go I think off. If, <laughs> maybe if, they, if they'd called an audible and Kenny and Callis had come back then and been like, did you really think we'd risk killing Kenny so Omega? Much so much better, better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Completely. Yeah. They mm. should have just come back out and started laughing and pointing and yeah. Yeah. yeah Absolutely. I, but Kenny was too pissed off at the pyro. Kenny was backstage going, he ruined my death match. Yeah, yeah, sometimes Kenny, like obviously because Kenny is very into the storytelling of a match and everything. And when things don't go exact, because he's a perfectionist. And when things don't go right, yeah. he do- I think sometimes he loses the, the the foresight and clarity to see how you could fix it in the moment because he's so obsessed yeah. with the fact that it didn't go how exactly how he wanted it to. I think, yeah. you know, Moxley got Probably up enough, afterwards. And... Uh, Randy Savage was the same way. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Moxley got like, up afterwards. He, and he always like, planned his matches out from start to finish yeah. and if anything fucked up or deviated he would just like completely shut down because it's like oh I don't want to know yeah. what to, to be do honest, now that's always Benoit and, was very yeah. much yeah, the same very as well but I think yeah, oh, yeah so... like fuck the stories like when shit went wrong for him in Japan mm. it's just legendary yeah. of just like like I'm almost convinced that Chris Benoit was somewhat autistic yeah there was definitely something long before any, yeah, yeah. The stuff. Yeah. But yeah, so, yeah, so Moxley got up afterwards and cut a promo about what a shitty bomb maker Kenny Omega was for the crowd and kind of something unhappy. It's a shame that nobody had the kind of the moment, like that quickness in the moment to be like, get Kenny back out there to take the piss while it's still on yeah. air. Because yeah. I think then we would probably be talking about it very differently. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you'd be right, people really might, funny. Yeah. People might still speculate that it was a botch, but as far as the kayfabe storyline goes, Kenny and Don set this up and it went exactly yeah. as they wanted it to. And it's something that the cleaner would do. Yeah. yeah. Let's Very be honest. So. Kenny's yeah. a prankster. Kenny's like, yeah. especially as a heel. And why that, would you set your champion up to possibly die? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other the other thing that I have seen a lot of complaints about with the good brothers running, it's like, hello, Bullet Club, have you not been watching for the last few years? That's kind of yeah. what they do. Yeah. <laughs> like, but Bullet Club is running central. That's that's and you know it wasn't even like it was just a, a straight match. It was a no DQ fucking hardcore match. Of course, yeah, there's gonna be a fucking running. Can't even say he cheated. No, no, exactly. You know, it's just like it, I can't believe you ruined the integrity of our barbed wire death yeah. match with this run. <laughs> so yeah, I think in, in in summary, I actually really enjoyed the show. I thought it was a really yeah. good show. I just it's yeah. such a shame about the finish. Yeah, yeah, I mean, especially after that cinematic match, you know, yeah. the, the barbed wire death match just didn't hold up. No. But 
overall good work from everybody. Yep. It is what I expect from AEW part, you know, forgetting the ending of the yeah, I main think, event. And you know, it did one of the, the highest buy rate as well uh, for a pay-per-view so far. It's, uh, but it's a shame that this was the one that drew everyone <laughs> in and then everyone went, oh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Like it's it's like it's like you may have pulled in new fans with this and then you've kind of have you damaged that new fan those new fans that you pulled in? Have they just gone, oh well, they're obviously a bit B rate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Mate. Yeah. I mean the the viewership on uh, Dynamite was down significantly <laughs> this week as well. It was down Eesh. to like uh yeah, just over seven hundred thousand. Yeah, between two sides and like that's uh battle AEW has been winning consistently yeah i mean they still won they they were still really they were number five in the demo so it's not like it was all bad news but it's hard to argue that it wasn't a direct result of oh no of course it was of course yeah. it was um they've got a lot to make up for with double on i think um yeah which i'm interested to see because the rumor is that they're actually going to do it in vegas no they're not they've they're confirmed not it's going to be at daily's place. Oh, okay that's good because i was worried about that because i know ufc mm. have been running fights in vegas now as well so uh like the last UFC, you want to watch it? You want to watch some fucking actual guys get the shit? Watch the last UFC two, two <laughs> UFC two five nine. My brother was talking to me about it uh, the other day, and I was just kind of like, "Okay, yeah, I, this sounds like it could be cathartic." Watch, <laughs> find Amanda Nunes's matches, and just watch Amanda Nunes. She's oh, Amanda amazing. Right, but yeah. just for a side note, Dana White is the last true Carney. Oh yeah. yeah. Like he's like com- like fuck everyone who works for me. I don't care. Give a fuck about your health and safety. No, I only care about money. Yeah, well, I mean, he's yeah. he's very much a Vince. Conor in- McGregor. What's that? What's that? You want another lightweight championship? Like fuck off. <laughs> I, I mean, you can't deny though that Conor McGregor draws. <laughs> yeah, he does draw. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm he- I'm a fan of the Gypsy King myself. He like I mean I enjoyed his last night. I'm, I'm glad that Dustin Poirier like beat the shit out of him. It was great. It was great to watch. Um, but uh, I think the last UFC was fucking fantastic. The Nunez fight was great. The Yan match was ridiculous. The down knee disqualification title change, like Jesus Christ. But that's that's for another show if we ever decide to talk about UFC in depth on this podcast. <laughs> I'm sure we will at some point. Uh, yeah, I'll probably have to get Danny in mm. for that. That'll be fun. Well, I can talk to my brother. He's a massive UFC. Uh, head, my so. friend Danny used to compete in. Uh, he was a. He used to compete fairly high level in Taekwondo, so he's actually nice. a combat uh, combat sports guy. Um, yeah. He's my he's my reference point for a lot of uh, a lot of UFC stuff. Although he has some <laughs> questionable views. <laughs> but yeah, so so uh, does my brother. <laughs> <laughs> so that's been our rundown of AEW Revolution. All in all, not quite the revolution that they wanted it to be, which was a shame because great show, just let down by a- last year's revolution, which had that fantastic tag match with yeah. Young Omega and Page, which I think was voted match of the year. Yes, yeah. it was. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the Wrestling Observer Awards, that AEW won like 22 awards across the. Yeah, that was a bit odd this year i will right? i mean if you think about it they're the only promotion that's been consistent throughout covid like you know yeah. they figured out how to record through uh, in covid times pretty quickly um and actually make it engaging new japan yeah. were always going to be out of the running because they lo- they were just not running any shows for so much of that year 
Um, yeah. And when they did come back, you know, it was a mixed bag of shows. Like G1 was yeah. great and Wrestle Kingdom was, although that's coming into this year, but like G1 was great, but they had a lot of mixed bag shows. Um, and WWE is never going to win a lot of awards because it's fucking WWE. <laughs> I think W. I think. I mean, I think they might have won most questionable business practices again. One <laughs> uh, women's wrestler of the year. Uh, that that would be possible because they do have one of the best women's divisions. Um, yeah, at least one one women's wrestler of the year, which I think was, yeah, uh, like okay, but like we have like Thunder Rosa and mm. Iwatami and yeah, I may like yeah. Huh? Yeah, uh, but again, it's voted by mainstream. It's voting from yeah. oh, so you know yeah, it, I, the mainstream stuff's going to be. Sir, I know it's yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an open vote, so he just tabulates the results. Um, but I do think I definitely think Tony Khan deserved Booker of the Year because since he took over booking AW, it's been the storytelling's just been really fucking on point. Yeah, um, and he's helped reel a lot of stuff back in, and I and. Even though you know there was the letdown of certain points of that, of the end of this pay per view, it is AEW have enough goodwill, I think, to carry it through, and they'll still keep going strong. Yeah, and they let the creative side of the wrestlers work. You know, with Darby directing that cinematic match, you know, them letting the wrestlers have free reign is what I love about AEW. Mm. The wrestlers get to choose, and what amazing things have come out of it. The Dark Order have impressed me so much. Mm -hmm. Hangman Page and his beer drinking ways have entertained me. You know, Matt Hardy being able to cycle through all of his characters over the years has just been hilarious. You know, Kenny being able to do the heel turn into the cleaner, which everyone wanted to see. Yeah. It's, they've been able to really come into their own and they know what the fans want mm -hmm. most of the time, Cody excluded, but yeah. you know, they, <laughs> they know what the fans want and they listen and, they, I know for a fact that a lot of them watch things like What Culture and Cultaholic and they listen to what the fans are saying about Well, them. a lot of them, a lot of them, obviously, they do listen to Observer and Meltzer and the feedback that comes. You know, Tony mm -hmm. Khan's been on the Wrestling Observer forums for years. Like, yeah. he's, I'm, I imagine he still lurks on those boards listening to fan feedback and taking that on board. Mm. Um, yeah. And that's one of the things about Tony Khan because he's been such a fan for so yeah. many years he's actually got a much better mind for the business than people give him credit for um because yeah. he's and he's, he's got been the a money to throw at it and he's just been a student of the game like he's yeah. really learned and watched promotions over the years so i think i think aw you know they can have an off show and even and this wasn't even an off show it was just an off finish to a show but they can get a, they they can have that and they will come back strong um and I'm really looking forward to how things build over the next few, uh, next couple of months into Double or Nothing. Um, mm -hmm. I think there's going to be some interesting title matches before then. Um, yeah. Obviously, we're gonna, I think we're going to get Christian and Kenny before Double or Nothing, and we'll probably yeah. get Chris. Uh, sorry, uh, Kenny and um, somebody else. No, fucking came out and saved Moxley. Eddie. Eddie. We'll Eddie. get. Ken I reckon we'll get Kenny and Eddie before then. Um, yeah. So I think there's definitely a lot of it. I, the one thing that I do want to see just going forwards is I want to see more Derby singles stuff. Now, now that they've done the thing with Sting, 
Um, I just want to see Derby have a few more singles yeah, matches. Moving away from Team yeah. Taz, moving away from Sting, and just yeah. let him have a run. Yeah, give, Dar- give Derby a proper them. solo pushy run. You can still have yeah. Sting be there and be like his mentor, but have him actually like because he's had what one TNT title defense now. I mean, I think or two. He's had. I think he's had two. He needs more TNT title. But matches. he's been so tied up with the Team Taz stuff yeah. that it's really bogged down anything else he's been doing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that the fact that the viewership for that match and the comments made about that match so far have been so, it's been so highly praised. I think Derby will get way more screen time yeah. and way more storyline now. And he deserves it 100%. He mm-hmm. absolutely Completely. deserves it. He deserves everything that's thrown at him now. Definitely. He's a star. Yeah. 100%. Well, guys, I hope you've enjoyed the review of AEW Revolution um, and a little bit of the follow-on from Dynamite as well. Um, We'll be back again next week with... uh, We're going to be joined by my friend Miro, who's uh, just launched his own hot sauce company. He's going to join us to talk about that. Um, And then coming up, we've got some more face-off episodes planned. We have an interview with a wrestler coming up, which is going to be really exciting for all you wrestling fans out there. proper old school journeyman wrestler I'm not going to spoil uh, who it is I'll let you know more about about it coming up to the time when we actually have dates and everything booked in um, but yeah we've got some interesting shows coming up uh, we've got our Facebook page up now we've also got a Facebook group up now so uh, if anyone wants to join in the Facebook group discuss episodes chat to any other team please do feel free and of course uh, if you enjoyed the show please do like, subscribe, and leave a review. Um, We're available wherever you get your podcasts. So until next week, we'll love you and leave you. Stay safe, everybody. Thanks again, Nat and James, for joining us for another wrestling review. No problem. uh, (laughs) Always delighted. (laughs) Cool. And uh, yeah, we shall uh, speak to you all again soon. Bye. Take care. And fuck next. Fuck next. Fuck next.